This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Mountain Vision Podcast. This is episode number 12 now. Um, on today's episode, I sat down and I talked to Blake Manning. Um, you can find Blake on social media, or at least on Instagram anyways. At, uh, his Instagram handle is California Outdoorsman. So go check him out. He's pretty active on there. Um, he's pretty much a comedian on there too, so <laughs> go check him out. Um, but yeah, it was I had a good conversation with Blake. A uh, really knowledgeable guy. He's got a lot of kind of uh, like like I said, like n- knowledge and little tips and tactics and stuff to to share. So I know I I definitely learned something from him. So yeah, I hope you do too, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, stay tuned, check it out. Also, um, if anyone has any uh, any ideas for topics or or um, people to people to interview on the podcast feel free to reach out and let me know um i'd like to hear hear from people so um yeah share that and uh like i said stay tuned hope you enjoy it thanks for listening all right i just hit record bro <laughs> okay sounds good <laughs> oh, shit. so what's going on man so you, nothing i just got done eating dinner uh ate some fresh salmon tonight Right uh, I've been eating pretty pretty good lately. Uh, I think, uh, well, tonight I had salmon. Last night I had, what did I have last night? Wild pig, and then the night before I was filet mignon. The night before that was deer back straps, then salmon, and then deer back straps again. So it's been pretty uh, been pretty, pretty good on my diet Hell yeah. in regards to eating good stuff. So, But uh, pretty fortunate. Yep. Yeah, you've been off to a good start this year. Yeah, with the with the fish too, huh? You've been slaying fish lately. Oh uh, yeah, no. It's uh, last year. Last year I didn't do too much deer hunting because I was fishing like every weekend. Really? Um, yeah, but this year I got lucky. I smacked that buck opening day. Really lucky, and uh, it usually doesn't happen like that. But uh, yeah, so I've been able to kind of focus and with other things, you know, salmon fishing. I got my X zone tag that I got to start scouting again with. I kind of put a halt to that, so. Okay. Oh, you drew X zone, huh? Yeah, nice. I I uh I had eight preference points, and I was like, I'm playing on waiting, and then, you know, I like to hunt. I don't want to sit, sit waiting every year, and you know. And yeah. finally, I got got a hold of my buddy, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to put him for this unit if you want to put in a, a guaranteed draw, pretty much for the both of us. And he had a few points, so we averaged like five and a half points, and. We got a tag, and I, to be honest with you, I, I've gone up there twice, and I'm not really that uh, impressed with the unit itself and the deer herd. Oh, really? So, I, yeah, I don't know if it's just too many predators, or I mean, dude, one day we I covered covered some ground, and we I didn't see, and I don't know if it's a full moon, if it was a full moon, but we didn't see a deer, and I was just like, dude, I just killed eight points for this. <laughs> so, and that could have been, you know, I mean, 
different factors. It could have been the deer weren't in the area yet because they were possibly they're still during their migration or, you yeah. know, the moon phase or we just, you know, I was in a kind of one of those lame areas where the deer really don't hold in during their summer range. So, um, yeah, yeah it's kind of aggravating. Yeah. Yeah. I hear um, that. Shit, but so- I'm going to end up, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I'm going to end up going back up there probably this coming weekend's opening archery up there. So I'm not going to be a jackass, you know, a total dick and go up there and be scouting while people are trying to spot and stalk that bucks. Uh, I'm going to end up probably waiting a few weeks and I'll start heading back up there. I'm trying to get back up there two more times before the season actually opens. Yeah. yeah. Um, but What's it's a- just, is that's a different kind of hunting over there than over here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I want to kind of get, get to that here. So tell me, yeah, just to kind of talk about who you are, what you, where you're from, and we'll start off with that. Yeah. So, uh, my name's Blake Manning. Uh, I'm from, uh, <clears throat> the Northern part of Sonoma County. I'm born and raised up here. Um, I haven't really, the only other places I've lived is up in Honeydew, which is up in Humboldt County. And then up in Doris, which is up in, I think Modoc County. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember which county it was, but uh, but yeah, born and raised around here. Uh, I grew up fishing the whole part of my life. Hunting, I kind of started hunting when I was about like twelve. Uh, okay. But yeah, they're just avid outdoorsmen. I I, I work in uh, healthcare, and then I you know I guide fishing trips in the wintertime, part time, um, and that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know what for for the longest time I thought you lived. I don't know what made me think this, but I thought you lived like somewhere further down south, like like even below like central California. I don't know why I was thinking that. I well, there's a guy on Instagram named Cali Outdoorsman who lives somewhere down in L.A. or some oh, way okay. to hell down there. Um, I don't, but no, I I've lived up here my whole life, and I've kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, but spend most of my time up here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think I mixed you up with somebody else, especially with the drift boat thing and everything. And I was think, I always thought like, damn, dude, he travels pretty far to go fishing. <laughs> and I, I don't know, I don't, I didn't, I don't know why I thought you lived down there. I'm like, dude, I can't think of anywhere you, where you would take a, a drift boat down there. But right. you're not you're not down there, so that was my. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. No, I'm about as far south in this state that I'll ever be, pretty yeah. much right now. So I don't blame you. you. Know. But yeah, uh, yeah just because I mean I, I like to fish too much. It's like you know this where I live, we have one good river, and it's got a hatch, two hatcheries on it, not just one but two. Okay, and uh, and we get a good steelhead run in it. Usually, last year was horrible. They only got I think four thousand fish between the two hatcheries. It was horrible. Uh, but I I fish a lot up the coast, and I go to the sack and the feather and the American and whatnot, and salmon fish too. But nice. those are a little bit further away. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Every time I see you post pictures and uh, video clips and stuff from your from your uh, on the drift boat, it just makes me. I live back old memories. Like we 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 haven't lately, but usually like once or twice a year we go up to Oregon. My wife's uncle, um, he lives like in Talent, Oregon, like by Medford. Oh yeah. And he has a 
a fish right, like a drift boat, and we'd take it out on the Rogue and the Umqua and stuff. And do oh, I love the Umqua. Yeah, it's we love it, dude. Like, like we'll go like steelhead fishing in the winter when it's snowing, and like it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. I mean, my dad, that's uh, that's his get down. I mean, he he he's been fishing for a long time, and he that's all he does is salmon and steelhead fish. And I grew up fishing with him from here all the way up into Alaska. Um, oh wow. You know, yeah, I grew up fishing in Southern Oregon and, and just, uh, I mean, you know, he'd take me out of school when the fishing was good. It was yeah. kind of that much of a, you know, I mean, I don't know if kids still do that anymore, but this was, you know, back in the nineties and take me out of school when the fishing was hot and, yeah, or come pick me up. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. Oh. I never, I didn't really grow up, grow up around it like that, but. It's yeah, it's it's fun, man. I haven't gotten like totally hooked on the fishing thing, but I can see how how you could. It's pretty awesome. It's it's like if you told me like, all right, Blake, you can go on a you know a day of steel or a couple of days of steelhead fishing and hook you know twenty five to thirty steelhead in two days, or go pound a couple of the ducks over in like the sink, or or go deer hunting and shoot a nice buck. I don't know which one I want to pick because I enjoy all of them about as equal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that's it's and it's kind of like, you know, I mean, cuz I meet guys who are like, "Well, I don't really fish much." And I'm like, "Well, if you pick it up, it's just going to be another expensive habit." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. So But yes. yeah, that's pretty much my background, you know, growing up hunting and fishing and and uh just you know, I've been able to do some amazing amazing things and travel some amazing places to hunt and fish um and and met some some great people along the way that have helped me you know so any chance that i can give back i try to give back you know um uh-huh. yeah that's awesome i don't really know much what else to say about about any of that but that's pretty much who who i am and where i come from yeah yeah that's cool man so you're so as far as so it sounds like you grew up fishing your entire life and then hunting you kind of got in so your like your immediate family and stuff didn't really hunt or how'd you get into it around what did you say twelve? Yeah, no, I had an uncle who hunted and he did a lot of hog hunting with dogs and my dad went hunting with him. He used to do some hog hunting with dogs out here out by the lake and uh, and when his bro- my uncle excuse me his brother. Uh, he shot himself. I think it was in like 97 or something. My dad got rid of most of his guns and just, you know, he wasn't really into it. And, and so how I was brought into it, we, I grew up on a, a little ranch, um, it's like 68 acres. So I always ran around, you know, chasing turkeys and stuff. And, and, uh, and then I, you know, met some, a couple kids, uh, that liked it. And, you know, one of them owned a real, owned, owned their family owned a really big ranch out by Lake Sonoma. And so his dad, you know, invited me to go out there. And at that time I'd already gotten my hunting license and, uh, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and like taught me everything. I mean, and I've been hunting with my, my other uncle, um, out at, uh, their family's, uh, Angus ranch, um, just coyote hunting and stuff. But, uh, this guy named Mike, he took me under his wing and just kind of, taught me pretty much everything that, I mean, not everything that I know, but all everything at the time that I needed to know. And, you know, all like the do's and don'ts and 
the ethics around it and whatnot and how to properly do things, you know, especially like gutting and skinning an animal and, you know, um, yeah. and I, I remember like when I was a kid, when I was like, like going back to like sixth grade, I'd be, you know, my friend would be in his living room playing video games and I'd be in the other room with his dad watching TV, just talking his ear off about hunting, listening to all the old stories, you know, and like, yeah. so like one in the morning, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and that 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 guy he doesn't even know what he he you know gave me growing up like he gave me one of the best things that I could have ever asked for like you know to, to be able to experience all that stuff yeah um, you know and their their ranch they've owned it since the early 1900s so it's like fourth generation you know it's going into fourth generation and uh, and they there's a lot of history out there and they got a really old the cabin all original and whatnot and uh i i spent my time growing up hunting out there i Uh shot my first pig out there um you know and then and uh and then i just i just started getting you know like obsessed just like with fishing just started getting obsessed with hunting you know started you know getting collecting guns and got into archery hunting and started collecting turkey calls and you know uh just totally geeked out at a young age and then um, got into, you know, waterfowl hunting and, yeah, and, uh, it just kind of took off. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. Just you telling the story about the, the cabin and like talking to, talking to him for just, you know, like the history and stuff. It kind of gives me like the, like the chills. It, like I just imagine, I can almost like picture like old, you know, like the old cool like hunting pictures on the wall like just old school like just yeah. Le- levi's and flannels like that old you know that yep. old, that's that stuff is cool man yeah and this is going back i didn't have any ultra light gear i didn't have a friend pack i had a fanny pack my i wore my wranglers with the ben davis and a pair of danners you know the old elk hunters and yeah and uh and I used to, they got pictures throughout their cabin of these old black and white pictures where they got these three wheelers you know and like <laughs> And, uh, if he'd tell us, he'd be like, you know, back in our day, we didn't have a four wheeler to go up to the top of the ridge. We had to hike up to the top of the ridge and go hunt the other side and anything we killed, we brought it back over and we're sitting there going home. Oh, we would never do that. That sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause we, we grew up spoiled in, uh, in, in, and you know, what's crazy is that I talked to him about how many deer they kill a year, you know, between the group, the family, because it was family and a couple close friends way back then, and and he said, oh, you know, the deer population's gotten horrible, and this was back in the nineties, and now the deer population has, and even the hog population out here is just completely declined. So I can only imagine what he thinks of it now out here, as opposed to what it was when he was growing up, or even back in you know the nineties. You know, and that's, there's a lot of factors to that. There's blue tongue, you know, you have disease, there's, you know, all the growers are poisoning all the pigs, there's trapping, a lot of dog hunting, just a lot of pressure. And then the other one is mountain lion. The mountain lion population is just boomed out here. So, you know, the deer and the pigs, they just, they don't, the odds are against them in regards to having any one of a healthy population. Yeah. Yeah, it's... So... Yeah, the, uh wildlife management needs to needs to change <laughs> yeah i i like you know to give you an example i got five thousand acres i hunt that's out by lake sonoma and back in the day it was 
probably really good. I mean, I've heard stories. The owners told me about it and whatnot. And then, you know, people give me crap because I don't go hog hunting out there. I'm like, well, there's no hogs out there anymore. I mean, it's like I might see a little root here and there, uh, but nothing like it should be. I mean, back when I was growing up, you'd go out to, you know, a place like that, and you'd see these hillsides that were just rototilled. I mean, just by groups of 30 to 40 pigs, and we don't see that anymore out here. And yeah. so even like the, the deer population, you know, I got, I was fortunate enough, uh, a few years ago, I shot a nice buck out there and then last year I didn't kill anything out there. Um, but I didn't really hunt that much. And then this year I got that one buck, but he was one of the only bucks that I had on all my cameras out there. And I had cameras all over the place. Oh, really? You know? So yeah, it's just, it's just the, you know, predators i don't mean yeah when you get more mountain lions than legal bucks on your trail cameras it's kind of a an issue you know yeah so i know i feel like it's the same for bears too i i see i i see way more bears than i see bucks and you know and when we used to run bears with hounds back in you know back when i was younger in high school and even right out of high school before they outlawed that you know the the quota for bear hunt the bear tags would be filled by like right after deer season they'd shut the season down because they, the tags would get filled by all the houndsmen and everything and now it's like it hasn't gotten filled i don't think since they've outlawed hound hunting yeah so and there's especially up where i hunt up in Biza, man like we see bear every time we go up there yep I mean, a lot of a lot of good sized bears too, and there's good sized bears and not very many legal bucks, at least in the country that I hunt up there. Uh huh. Yeah, that's kind of how so. it is in in D zone too. That's where I'm at usually is D zone, and there's yeah, like the same thing. It's just there's bears almost every time I go, and then it's like rare to find a bu- to find a buck. I'm not running that many trail cameras yet, but but yeah, I mean yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I tell everybody, you know, there's good hunting. I mean, like, there's one spot that's really, that we found, uh, well, I didn't find it, an uh, old-timer showed me it, like, 15 years ago, um, and I started hunting it, and I finally figured it out how to hunt it, and I, there was bucks, I mean, there was more bucks on it in this one area, and only, it was only, like, a, it was way out in the middle of the National Forest, but it was, like, a 400-acre area that was just, that held a lot of deer. Because uh-huh. there was mineral, there was uh, mineral springs, um, and there was a bunch of water in there. And so when I finally figured out how to hunt it, I ran into they were there was a gorilla grow in there two years ago, and uh, and it ruined it. So I stopped going up there. But you know, I try to you know encourage people. Like you know, I got a couple guys that like oh. You went out and smacked a buck opening day. You know, you didn't work very hard for it. Well, the last three years, I don't know how many hours I've hunted that one buck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just like, it. it's like, you know, and that's why it was so special when I finally shot that buck. Because uh, I got trail cam pictures of him for the last three years. And I don't know how many hours I've sat in a blistering heat waiting on his ass. Yeah. And I've I've actually played cat and mouse with him three times, um, spot and stock three times, and every time he outsmarted me and then it all came together uh that day and it was just you know, that's that's for me what makes it worth it. Hell you know? yeah. Dude I could tell by like 
I was watching your video earlier again. Your little, uh, you have it in your highlights now. Your 2020, whatever black tail. Yeah, I was yeah. fucking stoked. <laughs> yeah, dude, your reaction was money, dude. I was like, dude, he is juiced right now. This is cool. Oh yeah, I wanted to record it, and I'm like, should I do this on Instagram or should I just record it? And I would, I can't remember which one I did, but I did it. It was just in the heat of the moment because I was like, I got to get this because I was just, I mean, yeah. it all. It was one of those things where I was just sitting there. You know, freaking sweating my balls off. I had just sweat running down my back and legs and everything. It was like a hundred when I got out and I sat down for my sit. It was like a hundred and five. Yeah. And when I shot that buck, it was still in the nineties. And I was just sitting there, and right as I was about to get up and say, "The hell with this, man! This is just stupid." I looked over, and all I saw was velvet tips over this little knoll that I was kind of looking. And then he stepped out even more, and I saw it was him, and I got all excited, you know. And yeah, and I had to like sit back down. I'm like, all right, telling myself, all right, you need to slow the hell down here. You ain't, <laughs> he has no idea here. You know, wind's blowing in my face, and it's just everything's perfect. And yeah. when I drew back, and I don't know if you bow hunt, but when when I let that arrow fly, it just like I I could feel that it was like going to be the perfect shot. It just worked out perfect, and I just just smacked him. And Dude. he only went like eighty yards at that. You smacked smackers. So, yeah. Smack smackers. Yeah, that was his nickname <laughs> I gave him because his jaw was all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's like, and I, I like walked up on him, and I'm like, I felt so good, but I thought like the bed gear had to be. I mean, he was pretty healthy, and when I took him over to the taxidermist, he's like, man, for having a effed up jaw like that, he's been, you know been surviving i mean and i don't know if those teeth because the teeth like it's crazy it's lower his he has no upper jaw oh is and that his what it lower was? jaw yeah he's got like no upper jaw and his lower jaw is like there's it's like the teeth go out and down like is yeah. it from from eating acorns and stuff they just got pushed <laughs> down i don't know what the hell happened to him See, but he was all messed up it was funny dude i was so i was out here when I set up my podcast stuff, my daughter was like, she wants to know what I'm doing and like what I, so I was like explaining to her like what I was doing and I was showing her some of your pictures and who I was going to be talking to and stuff. And I was showing her the pictures of that buck and she's like, she's like, so are those like, is that its top teeth or its bottom teeth or what the hell? I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know, dude. It looks like a freaking <laughs> a mangled mess is what it is. I don't know. It, exactly and it, like when i walked up on it it's way like when the pictures in the pictures i just thought his tongue was hanging out like i thought oh what a goofy deer you know and then when i walked up on him like whoa like what the hell and his <laughs> you know tongue's hanging out lower jaw all messed up his freaking you know lower lip it looked like it somebody like grabbed it and pulled it all the way down and then it only healed halfway back up yeah and and he's been he's been like that ever since I seen him. So for the last three years, he's been surviving like that. And so I told the tax service, I was like, "Hey, so like, just for shits and giggles, like, can you make him like this?" He's like, "I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make this deer look like a deer that should should look like, you know." Yeah. So he he I agreed to give him a little makeover. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife was like, "I think you should keep it like that." I'm like, "I'm not putting that up on my wall. It's pretty like." It's not like disturbing, but it it's just you know I mean just about yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it, it might it might give the yeah. tax it might give the taxidermist a bad name too 
<laughs> like, yeah, no, he's just like, I've done some weird shit for people with blood and stuff, but I'm not going to make that deer look like that. Okay. <laughs> that's, fine. Oh, that's funny. That's fine. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So, so what did you, yeah, but, um, what's that? I'll, I'll just, uh, I was just going to ask you kind of like, so the area you're hunting, is it, it for a zone uh, where you shot that deer? Is it like pretty open? Is it pretty wooded or? No, I, there's, it's got kind of, so it's, there's two pieces of property and there's one really big one and then a smaller one and the smaller one's all hardwood timber. There's no openings. It's really hard to hunt. I mean, you literally are sitting on water or you're not hunting. Um, uh-huh. And then the main ranch, though, it's got everything. It's got big timber, redwood timber, uh, rolling oaks, uh, big, those, you know, kind of uh, open hillsides, uh, madrone patches. It's got everything. But uh, where I shot that buck, he was bedded out. I think, I don't know, I don't think he was bedded in the redwood grove, but he was bedded close enough um, to where I was getting him on camera that he, you know, could kind of monitor what was going on and whatnot. So I ended up catching him slipping, going from bedding, and I actually shot him where he was feeding, which I didn't even know that's where he was feeding. He was feeding, like, maybe 60 yards from my trail camera. Okay. So, yeah, I was just set, set up on, a like, a like an area that I knew he was coming through. Um, and I got him on a few different cameras. I got him walking down the road, a dirt road, um, and I knew he was going down the dirt road, but I didn't know where he was feeding at. So it wasn't like some crazy-ass hunt where I spotted him a 1,000 yards away and stalked him. Like, I was literally found an area that I knew he was going through. Because the, the country, at least where he was at, was all timber and hardwood. I mean, there's no way to spot and stalk in there. You go through there, and you're walking on potato chips. Uh-huh, yeah. So, and like, to that country... You know, I'm not going to spot and stalk in there. My favorite is spot and stalk. I love glassing up deer and, and figuring out the best way to go after them and everything. Uh, one of the ranches that I hunt out in Boonville, that's how we hunt, and that's my favorite. Um, but this place, it's a little different. I haven't really been able to spot and stalk. The last buck I killed before him, I actually jumped him out of his bed. And he ran up the canyon and stopped because he didn't know what knew what jumped him. And I came around the corner, and all I saw was his back end sticking out behind the tree. And when he ended up stepping out, um, he saw me and bolted up the up the canyon. And he got behind this like big canopy of oak tree, and I was like, "Shit!" And he stopped there, and I couldn't see him. And then. I was like, all right, if he goes left, I can get a shot at him. And if he goes, keeps going straight up the hill, I'm never going to see him because the canopy kind of touches the ridge. Uh-huh. And uh, in regards to, like, what I can see and what it's covering, and he ended up going left, and he was hauling ass, and I shot him on the run right, shot him, hit him right in the neck, and just dumped him. But, uh, but yeah, so there's, I'm not, like, you know, I do different. I just, it all depends on the country and, like, you know, what the deer are doing in regards to how I hunt them and kind of adjust it, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, um, I've been getting kind of more interested because I'm still learning myself. Like, I don't have a ton of experience deer hunting. So, like, and I know there's a ton of people that probably, well, I don't know how many people listen to this thing, but I'm hoping there's people that, you know, can learn from guys like yourself. And I, I, I'm interested in, like, people's techniques and, like, why they do certain things. And, like, there's, because there's, you know how it is, like, n- like, lately it's, like, the cool thing to do is, like, get on a high, you know, 10,000 plus foot 
peak and like glass and you know like these beautiful basins and stuff it's like you know and it's pretty and it's like cool if if you can do it it like it's it you know it's like the sexy way to hunt but like a lot of people like still hunting and through the thick timber and like some people just sit like a you know a stand or or sit you know sit like a like a pinch point or something or whatever right so i just kind of find it interesting to see what what people's like what people's preference are or like you said like it depends on the the country you're in and maybe you'll adapt to what your surroundings are right yeah i mean it's kind of one of those things like with this place i saw this buck in this area and usually if i see a buck in an area i'll throw up cameras and i'll throw like three or four in one bowl or even within 150 yards of each other to figure out where which trail he's using i mean blacktail really they don't really pattern um and usually when you find them, though, they'll, they'll typically stay within the same area um, that you see them in. They're, they usually don't roam around unless it's during the rut uh, or they get bumped out of there. But, um, you know, so for this place, it's like I started to really learn how to still hunt, sit hunt at this place because the, the owner's a big avid archery hunter. And he loves whitetail hunting. So he's like, oh, I can sit for 10 hours. And I'm like, fuck that. You know, and he's like, oh, just do a little at a time. You'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. Yeah. And the first, I don't know how many times I started to do that. It was just horrible. And I about gave up. But then I found that mineral spring up in B zone. And we saw, like, I'm not even joking. Like, one, one day we saw, like, 60 deer come into this one spring. And then... I ended up finding another spring because the bucks weren't going there. It was all does and spikes. And we had, I had like, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 different bucks that were hitting this one spring every day. And I don't know if where we were camping, they, they caught wind or there was a guy that went in there the day before to poke around before the opener archery. So I ended up leaving and I went and found another spring and I sat there and, you know, for the first time besides that first morning, I actually experienced watching bucks coming in, feeding, getting water and stuff while I was sitting. So it's like, okay, this is pretty sweet. But if you're not seeing deer, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. You know what I mean? If there's no action, I can, I can only sit for so long. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, there's, a, there's, you know, depends on the terrain and the, you know, how many deer there are and, and kind of what you can get away with. But like what I do tell everybody that I, that I know is like, you know, if it rains, I'm going into the woods. I'm actually, you know, obviously, yeah, if you can see, you know, if you have openings and stuff, I'll check those. But I'll walk into the, you know, the oak groves and stuff because all those potato chip, madrone leaves and oak leaves, they get wet and damp. You can creep through there pretty nicely. And those bu- those bucks will start chasing those does, especially like the last weekend of A-Zone Rifle, even in the second last weekend. If there's any weather, I and I, I don't have a tag this year, so I won't be hunting, but... In the past, if there's any weather around those two weekends, I'm for sure hunting, and it's usually I'm pussyfooting through the woods, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and I've shot some nice bucks doing that. I've seen some really nice bucks doing that as well. Because they get, they get kind of stupid, you know, they get kind of kicked in the pre-rut, um, yeah. I think, and, the you know, the the rain the rain, the weather change and the little cold front kind of get them up and moving, and, I mean... It's amazing, you know. I'll hunt. I one place I used to hunt. Uh, one day it was raining. There was deer everywhere. I mean, we probably saw sixty to seventy deer and like ten or twelve bucks. And we were being really picky too because there was a we were seeing some really good deer. 
And then the next day we hunted, we only saw like five deer. Okay. Is that big of a difference with the weather? Huh. Next day it was back in the 90s, you know, big big weather swing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you hunt A-Zone, man, if it's raining, I strongly suggest calling it sick to work. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not a big advocate on playing hooky and stuff for work or school or whatever. When I was in high school, man, if it was raining, I was playing hooky for sure. Yeah. Just because it's that... It make it's that big of a difference, especially with like these coastal blacktail, you know, that big weather swing. It's I don't know what it is. I mean, I argue with my buddy Joey about it. Uh you had him on the podcast. He think it's he thinks it's when the does drop the fonts that kicks the term the rut, but I think it's like, you know, the weather change and the temperature drop and all that stuff, so Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. But, uh, yeah, so uh yeah. So when you're, it's all it all just depends. Yeah. So and when you're going when you're going through like thick, like thick stuff and like kind of still hunting. I mean, what do you think? Like, what is your speed? Like, are you typically slow? Like, like super slow, right? Like, take two steps and sit for like thirty seconds or a minute, even. Well, it, like, if, I'm, if it's like if it's like raining, you know, and I'm I'm actually hunting in this in this like hardwood or timber. You know, and um, and I know that the deer are up moving around. I'll walk 10 feet, you know, stop, look around, you know, walk a little more, stop. You know, just try to be as quiet as I can. And one of the things that I learned from a, it's actually a guide out, I don't know if he's still a guide, but Bob Larson, he used to guide hog hunt. Um, he was always, I went hunting with him uh, a couple times, and he was always, like, really big and advocate and on, like, look at the ground and watch where you're walking and don't worry about what's looking going on around you, especially with hog hunt. Cause, you know, pigs aren't really, they don't really see that good, but it's, and in my opinion, it's better to be slowly moving through the trees, try not to step on sticks and walking through, making sure that the deer, you see the deer before the deer see you kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, cause that's just, you know, I just try to be as quiet as I can and kind of creep through, you know, and depending on how big my hunt is and whatnot and how much country I want to cover in the morning or the evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but pr- pretty slow, you know, not, not like is this, is, you know, a sloth slow, but pretty slow. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I just, uh, so. it, it just takes me back to a couple years ago. I, I got a, fucking x zone and it, that's how it was for for that hunt it was like and i had a rifle but i i i and i was going up a steep hill which kind of forced me to go slow and i'm i'm a i'm basically a rookie when it comes to big game so like i was just going slow because i was you know freaking tired because it was a steep hill <laughs> but like yeah. over time i realized that like that was called still hunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's actually a technique and like you still hunt and go slow and just like you said, see them before they see you. And, but before you knew it, I was like 25 yards from a buck and we were, we just stared at each other for five minutes and like until it got broadside and then I sh- shot it and it was like, you know, it was like a cool experience and I got to kind of see that whole still hunting, like what you were just describing on how to still hunt basically. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I mean, with, you know, noise and then the wind direction is going to carry the noise or, you know, even your scent. I mean, 
Yeah. If they see you, that's one thing. They'll probably, you know, a lot of times I see bucks and they'll stop and kind of be looking and trying to move their head to, you know, see what you're, what you are or what, you know, but when they smell you or even like if they hear you crunching through the brush, that's it. They're, they're generally out of there because, you know, uh, and I, and I've had deer where I'll hear deer jumping, jumping way out in front of me because the wind will change or they'll hear me, you know, I'll be doing a push like on a couple places we used to hunt. We used to do drives, you uh-huh. know, um, with the old Italian guys, they'd sit on stands and the young guys would go in like, you know, the hell hole of a canyon and kick deer out of there. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you know, so you'll hear deer jump in a canyon or two away from you and you'll never see them. But like, and the, we had, we had this hunt called the bluffs that we used to hunt. And I loved going in there, especially like, like I was talking about in a, on a rain, because you'd go into these canyons where you could see, you know, you know, 80 90 100 yards out in front of you in some areas you go in there really when it's really when you can be really quiet and those deer would be in there where they normally would hear you coming from two two ditches over you know you can get literally get right up on them and peek over and see them down in their feet and their bedded or whatever you know yeah um so but then like even like up in x zone you know where i where where we're kind of getting hunt i mean there's cage country there's big big that big alpine stuff i mean there's all kinds of and i don't you know i mean i want to hunt sage because i am over i mean not over hunting timber but i hunt timber out here every year you know yeah so i kind of want to do that open country western style mule deer hunt and yeah. uh so yeah the sage is it's cool man I, I i don't know what it is about the desert but i've like grown to love it it's cool seeing the antelope out there and Yeah, I I really like it. I mean, I love glass and it's like my favorite thing, especially when you see a nice big buck finally and you're like, you know, I mean, we were we were well, last time we were up there I seen a decent buck and it was like way up on this ridge. Yeah. I mean, my buddy and his buddy couldn't even see it in his binoculars and I was sitting there looking at through my spotting scope because I bought a spotting scope this year. And uh and I was just watching him and I'm like, Man, that deer is a long freaking ways away. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was like right at, not last light, but probably like a half an hour before dark. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, so if I actually wanted to hunt that deer, I would have to get my ass way up on that ridge, which is fine. You know, but we're talking either the next day and try to find him. And, I mean, but I, you know, in like country like that, I like to get up high and glass down. You know, especially in that stage because those deer kind of hide in that. You know, they get down in there and shit. If you're down below them, you can't see them. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that sage is taller than you think it is, huh? It's like yeah. I I mean, when I was I was driving down this one road, man, and the sage was like almost as high as the sides of my my bed on my truck, and like I literally drove down the road, was looking both sides, driving slow, didn't see shit turned around a hundred yards and came back and two bucks jumped right across the road in front of me, right where I was just driving through. <laughs> and then they, they ran, you know, they hopped in 30 yards and then boom, disappeared. They were gone. Yep. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. So, yeah, the desert's cool, dude. I, I don't know what it is, but, and then, and then there's like all those little, those little like canyons, in, like that just drop down in the desert. Like it looks flat. And then you go walking yep. out in the middle of it and there's just these big, ditches where deer like bed down and travel through those little corridors and shit 
Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt because I really I wanted to do an archery hunt over there this year, and because I was talking to a guy, and he's like, "Yeah, it gets pretty hot," and I'm, I know it gets pretty hot, but I'm like, you know, he's like, "Oh, it gets in the 90s." I'm like, "Man, the hell with that! I don't want to. <laughs> I hunt in the hundreds over here. You know, I want to have like at least a chance of snow or something." Yeah. And then, you know, I was talking to my other buddy who has an archery tag over there in X this year, and he's like, "Oh yeah, dude, I love archery hunting over there." There's the deer are full velvet, you know, there, there's a lot of deer out running around, way less people with, you know, way less tags. And I just thought, man, I kind of wish I would have put in for like Devil's Garden Archery because I had like a 60% chance to draw that. Oh, okay. So, but, oh, well, it's all good. I kind of like, I got kind of sidetracked with that buck I shot and then salmon season is starting to pick up. So I'm not all like, geeked and hyped about you know going over to exona talk to me probably like the end of next month and i'll be all about it but yeah right now i'm kind of in the you know i got I'm getting a little sidetracked so yeah <laughs> uh, staying busy huh yeah i mean i'm working from home so it's like man i can you know i'm at home five days a week so when i'm not working i'm for sure either fishing or hunting out doing something yeah or hanging out with or hanging out with my wife because, you know, she does like to spend time with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no kidding. So. Have you gotten her into hunting yet? Or is she, is she into it? She, she's, she's like, so when we went, we started dating and I think it was like my second birthday we celebrated. She got me a, a birthday, pre- a trip up in Oregon with this guy that I used to go with when I was younger with my dad. This is, the guy we used to fish with back in the nineties, his name's Harvey Young. I think he's retiring now, but uh she booked a trip with him up there for us for my birthday. We went up there uh, fished the Elk River. We got a couple of salmon. She caught her first salmon. Like I, I hooked the first fish, handed it to her, let her reel it in, and she's like, I'm gonna hook my own fish now and I'm like, Okay, whatever, yeah, okay, whatever. Because <laughs> we're back bouncing bait. Not a lot of people can back bounce bait. It's kinda it's kind of like, you know, the first day you do it, you learn it. The second day you do it, you can kind of understand it. And it's just kind of one of those things where it's not like drift fishing. So yeah, she's sitting there, you know, back bouncing, pulling the rod up and down slowly. And she starts yanking on it. She's like, I think I'm stuck on the bottom. And the guy was like, that's a fish. Yank. And she, she yanked and the fish starts taking off. And <laughs> <laughs> she hooked it and landed it. She was all psyched about it she likes fishing and with the hunting she's like you know i don't know if i can kill a deer they're, they're too, too you know but she likes to eat deer meat which is good that's good you know um yeah and then she we were sitting there talking about like well what what would be something that you think you might be able to shoot and she's like well turkeys are pretty ugly you know so i was like okay well you're gonna go turkey <laughs> with me so i took her out turkey hunting and the first couple times we didn't get any birds to come in. They were gobbling and then the weather turned to shit and started blowing sideways and raining. And so we ended up going back. And then finally, this last time we hunted, I took her out, um, told her, I'm like, you're going to do everything, but shoot, you know? So I called in this big gobbler. We watched him for like 15 minutes and he was just strutting back and forth on this fence line. That kind of, it's not even like a, a property boundary. It's just a, fen- a random fence that's going through the ranch. And uh, he got hung up on it, and he finally made the decision after like 15 minutes of strutting back and forth, gobbling. He made a decision, finally hop, hopped over, flew over it, and landed. And 
he ended up trying to skirt the side, and I didn't know why, but she was back there moving. She had a spider crawling on her. I could hear her moving behind me. Yeah. And that 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 bird just totally pinpointed her. And I ended up shooting him, and I'm like, what the hell are you? She got a spider crawling on me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear I could hear her back there just waving, you know, or you can hear her clothes moving around and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not happening right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it ended up working out, you know, she, 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 and she liked it. She, you know, was talking about, she wants to get her hunting license now. So, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, right on, man. But yeah. And it'll be cool when she actually does it and, you know, shoot something for her first time. I mean, I love watching people catch their first fish, shoot their first animal. I mean, it's like, especially, I mean, yeah, there's a couple people that I've, that I've hunted with that, you know, they shot their first animal and it was like not as excited as they thought it was because they felt bad, you know, yeah. but <laughs> it, it happens. But then there's, you know, just the elated feeling of that you see in people when they, when they have that experience is just, that's what makes it worth it to me. And that's kind of like one of the reasons why I like, you know, why I started guiding steelhead trips is because I love taking people and watching them catch their first fish. Yeah. You know, it's just, and introducing them to something that was introduced not only to me, but, you know, things that were shown to me. Uh, and that's why, like, you know, I get guys that hit me up on Instagram, and I don't have Facebook anymore. I delete it, but, you know, they hit me up, and, you know, they pick my brain and, you know, ask me questions about gear and all this different stuff. And I'm very open with, with most of the stuff. Obviously, if somebody's asking where my honey hole is or, you know, like... Uh, I even, I'll even tell them like, yeah, it's a little too close to home information. I'm not willing to share. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, most of the time I'm pretty generous with information and whatnot. Cause there's plenty of guys that have like, you know, that haven't fed me BS, you know, that have actually took the time and told me where to look into, or, you know, I've, I've met guys all throughout the state, especially with fishing and flows and quite water clarity. It's like saves me a three or four hour drive, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, you sound like you're about into fishing. Like my like my wife's uncle is in Oregon. He's he works for the uh, water district up there, and so he he always knows like how much water is flowing down the river. You know the water systems and like. He like he'll be like, oh yeah, there's you know whatever CFM coming through here this like today or whatever, and yeah, the water clarity and all that all that shit. He's like, oh, he geeks out on it. Like it sounds like you do too, but yeah, water heights and all that stuff's a big deal, especially like you know. But I would rather have a good water height than clarity. I mean, I could say I like fishing kind of dirtyish water, but the uh-huh. really clear water. Some people like fishing really clear water. I don't because I don't like bobber fishing. I like fishing with big bait, you know, and I'm a bait slinger. I don't like fishing with jigs or any of that crap. But uh-huh. and I, 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 when it comes down to it, though, I like fishing with whatever's going to catch fish. But if I have my preference, you know, kind of bigger water in my drift boat, drifting bait. Yep. Or fishing or fishing plugs. Yeah, that's kind of my my favorite thing to do. Those two for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, um, dude. Hey, do you ha- I have a weird question. Do you have any like superstitions, like hunting superstitions that you believe in? <laughs> like what do you mean? Like 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 <laughs> so, some people will be like 
like they'll have like a certain type of food or something that they think is bad luck and they won't bring on the boat or they won't bring. Oh yeah, a banana on my fucking drift boat. That's yeah, bad yeah, luck. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? And it's like you know, I mean, so that's like a huge popular thing right now. But they may even make stickers of them and everything, and you know, like. I mean, we were fishing the sack this last year, my buddy and his girlfriend, and we were fishing all morning, couldn't get a couldn't get a fish to bite. And we're we were fishing plugs, we're fishing bait, and we get to lunch and we're sitting there eating lunch and she's like, Oh, I forgot I got a banana and I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> she's like, Yeah, you guys want a banana? And so my buddy Dylan's like, Are you serious? You no. brought bananas? And I was like, Give me those. I grabbed them and I chucked them. I'm like, Yo, this is like, you know, Told her, I was like, it's bad luck. It's kind of like a witch's tail, but, you know, I was like, in this situation, when you don't have a, you know, not even a bite, I'm going to do anything I can to try to change something. And, like, no bullshit, we got we got back on the water, and the next hole, we were coming around the bend, and in the next hole, we started dragging, and not even, like, five minutes, she hooks up. Or, no, he, he hooks up, not her. Oh, she yeah? had to click another fish right after that. Yeah, but he hooked up. He landed that fish, and she's like, oh, my God, it's because of the bananas. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but, you know, the banana and the boat thing, that's like a really, you know, especially up the West Coast, that's like a big, there's even a guy that, his name's Hobo Jim up in Soldana, Alaska, that sings, he's got a song on his album that's called Banana and the Boat. <laughs> So yeah, that's funny, but yeah, I can't really think of anything else. I mean, banana, the bananas would be in the boat would be one. And then I don't really have any hunting superstitions. Not that I can think of. Yeah, no, that's, um, that was what I was thinking of. Cause like a couple years ago, it, I don't know. I was probably like five years ago or something. I was hunting with this dude. I was duck hunting with, um, this dude, Bill Mays, he, he he used to do like seminars and stuff at the Sportsman's Expo and stuff, but he was like a longtime family friend too. We used to go camping as kids and stuff together. But I, he took me out to his club and and I was like waiting for him to show up. And uh, I was sitting there eating a banana, dude. I like I never heard of any of this <laughs> shit. Dude. I was sitting there eating a banana, and he pulls up and he's like, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? He's like he, he like took it out of my hand and threw it off the side of the road, dude. I was like, what the hell, dude? Like, what's your problem, man? And it was like the same thing. He's like, dude, that's bad luck, dude. You can't fucking oh, yeah. bring it. <laughs> so he was giving me shit, but, I mean, we sh- we shot limits that day. but So maybe it was just the fact that I didn't bring the banana in the blind, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, but banana things, like, for fishing, they say there's potassium in the bananas. I don't know, but, like. When we were on my bachelor party a couple of years ago, uh, my dad went. Of all people, my dad went. And uh, we were in the line at Starbucks like for 5 in the morning getting ready to go to the drift boat launch. And my buddy's in the truck in front of us. Told the barista, hey, give this guy three bananas when he pulls up with his drink. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes to hand him the three bananas. And he's like, you can take those back in your, you know. He was like, he wasn't pissed at her, but he, we were we were rolling laughing. Oh, that's hilarious. And, uh, and so he walks up to the boat he's fishing, and there's a big old bouquet of bananas sitting right in the front, and he grabbed it and threw it in the water and started yelling. Every- oh, he was all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, so funny. Yeah. Uh, shit. So uh, if you if you had any um, advice for uh, 
for like new hunters or like hunters that didn't grow up hunting or didn't grow up like with you know immediate family that was into the outdoors and like have like a mentor and stuff like that like is there any advice you'd give to somebody like that like like how how easy do you think it is to get to get into it yourself without having someone show you or like i mean now it's pretty easy i mean you know there's so many resources you know uh that didn't exist when I was getting into it. That's for sure. I also didn't have the like brain capacity that I did, you know, back when I was a 12 year old, but, uh, <laughs> you know, as far as like learning and, and, and retaining information, but, you know, as far as there's, you know, um, uh, plenty of, 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 uh, resources on the internet, you can reach out to people like you and I, you know, um, yeah. and, and figure out like, you know, what your budget is and, and kind of what you want to start as far as hunting, um, I know guys that have jumped in straight into archery hunting and, uh, uh-huh. you know, even with like, and I love archery hunting, but you know, I always suggest people like learn how to rifle hunt. And then if you want to start archery hunting, just because it's a whole different, you know, that's a whole one. You have to have kind of a different mentality if you're going to archery. And I mean, I don't shoot unless of the animals within, you know, 40, 45 to 50 yards. I won't, I won't shoot anything past that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then the other thing is, is also having a respect for people, for other hunters and, you know, fishermen, it's like ethics is a huge thing. And that's not just with, with anything about hunting and fishing, but it's just in general, you know, I, there's people that, you know, I, I watch and I, I see things, especially on public lands, there's the mentality of like, which I have. And I don't know how anybody else is, but like if I come into an area and there's, I see a couple rigs parked, you know, hunting the bowl or basin that I want to hunt or whatever, or the canyon, I won't even, I'll go turn around and go somewhere else. Cause it's like, you know, I wouldn't want people to come barging in on me. I've been, I've sat in, I was sitting in one area and I literally had guys walk right past me. They looked at me and they kept going right down where I was blasting into a canyon. I was just like, what in the, you know? Mm. Um, so just to, you know, have some, you know, respect for people and whatnot. And, um, because, you know, the people that, you know, you might ask and who might actually give you information, you know, or even meet out in the field. Like I met one guy out in the field a couple few years back out in B zone and like me and him became, uh, you know, good buddies. Uh-huh. Um, because we were both, you know, we wanted that we were, this is what happened. I got, I got up to camp. My buddy's like, yo, this guy literally drove past, our camp and his camps right over there. And I'm like, you know, and I kind of like got a wild hair up my ass about, you know, well, we were here first kind of thing. And so I was like, we're going to go talk to him, see kind of what he's doing. We go over there and he ends up coming out of the Canyon that we were going to hunt the next day. Cause he was down there looking around. He's like, Oh, you guys were here first. I'll hunt around you. Where do you want to hunt? And I'll just, maybe I'll go over here. Really nice guy. And, uh-huh. uh, and he was new into hunting, you know, he hadn't been hunting a long time. And, and, you know, after a few weekends of seeing him in a row, we finally invited him into our camp and he started hunting and hanging out with us and whatnot. And, you know, um, and I have a lot of respect for people that are respectful, you know, that, that, that don't, you know, kind of think that they have the right to do whatever the hell they want. You know what I mean? Yeah especially with people that have been doing it a long time. Cause people that have been doing it a long time, they know a lot. So I try to be nice to even though, you know, a lot of the old timers, and this is more in regards to fishing because I see a lot with where I go fishing. You know, you'll have guys who've been fishing the river for, 
50 years, 60 years, and they get these young guys that are my age going in there and they push them out of the hole. And it's like, to me, it's fucked up because that guy earned that spot. He'd been coming down there for a long time. Yeah. And rather than asking an old, old timer, like, hey, do you mind if we fish next to you? They just get up next to him and start casting in the hole. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. So that's like one of the things that I have, a, you know, that I try to really encourage people that are getting into it is just like have some respect for other people and some ethics you know it's not i mean it goes a lot further than somebody would think especially with somebody like me you know yeah i think it's like equally as important if not more for like the guys that are experienced also to like um show newer hunters that like in a respectful way you know what i mean like it, it like when a new hunter comes into it i know that's how it was for me like I had certain friends that did things the wrong way, and I had certain friends that did things the right oh, yeah. way. Oh, I had I experienced the same thing, and you can learn the wrong way very easy. Dude, and it just puts, like, a really bad taste in your mouth. Like, you either start going down the wrong direction, or you just you get a bad taste in your mouth, and you don't even want to do it anymore, you know? It's like... Yeah. So I think it's important for, like, experienced guys also to, like, just show them in a respectful way and, like, make them want to do it, like... Yeah. Or just, I don't know. No, and I and I can understand and, you know, agree with that because there was a time, you know, where I wasn't doing all the right stuff and I was kind of, you know, going the wrong way, very wrong way. Yeah. And actually the guy, the ranch that I hunt today, he actually watched me sh- straighten out my shit and turn in, you know, a respectable person and whatnot. And, you know, he, he allows me to hunt his place. And I'm the only guy that has free range on his whole ranch. There's a lot of people who have been asking to hunt out there, and I don't know why, but I, and I actually, you know, why he decided to let me do that. And he's like, you know, I've watched you. I've watched the transition of a change of, you know, I guess more it was I went from a punk-ass teenager to a, a young man who actually was kind of, you know, respectable and whatnot. And, yeah. You know, because they're... There was a time where my whole, like, hunting for me was just killing. I lived for the kill. I didn't care about, you know, the eating was a bonus, you know, um, but just to go kill and kill and kill, and especially with, like, hog hunting. Um, and it's not like that, especially now. I, I, there's, I have so much more appreciation for everything else other than just the kill, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. For so. sure. But yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, there's so, like I said, a bunch of resources, people can hit me up, you know, um, we willing to help any way that I can, you know, and there's a lot of people that have, there's a lot of people that have been willing to help me, especially with like the sex zone tag, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and then there's, I mean, I kind of learned watching, I mean, I, back in the day, it was like the outdoor channel or whatever, or OLN or whatever, you know, people on there and, um, but now there's YouTube, there's literally a, uh, a DIY video for anything you want on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's yeah. I mean, that's how I started. It is crazy. Dude. That's how I got into it. Was like just watching everything on YouTube, dude, and like just. I, I mean, I still do it. You know, it's a, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, I, and like you know, you don't need like all the like. I have a lot of expensive shit, but that's because I've been hunting a very long time, and I'm like, well, it's an investment for me, and I really like to be comfortable, like. To be honest with you, wearing Wranglers and Danners and a Ben Davis is not very, 
it's not like the best getup, especially for out here in A zone when I can wear lightweight hunting gear that breathes really well. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's, it's such a big difference. I mean, uh... <laughs> for me, yeah, for me, it's worth the money. Yeah, like yeah. I'm either uh, overheating completely red about the faint, or I'm like actually comfortable and I can like open up my hip vents on my pants and you know be not not completely comfortable, but a lot more comfortable than I would be if I was dressed like that. But uh, yeah, you know, you don't have to have that stuff to get it done. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I think so. like there's no reason to spend that money on it until you're actually like, in my opinion, until you're like actually addicted and like hooked. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. There was a point where like I was like interested in it and I wanted to do it, but then like when you first get your first deer or whatever, and like whenever whenever that point is where you get like hooked and you know you're never gonna freaking stop doing it, dude. Like then you're just all in. Like you know, I don't know. I I, I don't really. I don't get like a ton of like top notch gear, but like every year I just get a couple new things, you know, and just try to get my gear list a little bit better. Without breaking the bank, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy to do. I mean, I this year I don't know how much how much I dropped. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seems like that. It's every year. Don't don't say it out loud. Your your wife might hear it. She might be listening. Oh yeah, she yeah <laughs> no. Just it's just, you know, last year was fishing stuff, and yeah. usually what happens is I'll geek out for deer season, and then I geek out for duck season, and then I geek out for steelhead season, and it's just an ongoing cycle. Yeah, that's my problem too. I know this year I need a new. I, I want a new twelve gauge, and I'm, dude. I've been shooting a pump for years, dude. Like for fourteen years, I've been shooting this piece of shit pump, and I just it still works, dude. It just keeps working, and I I don't. But it's all I don't know. I mean, I clean it regularly, but you can't help but a duck hunting gun gets rusty as fuck. It just does. For for me, yeah, I had that? a. I started shooting a Browning BPS pump, and then I got a Benelli SP, uh, Super Black Steel too. It actually got I got it got ripped off back like eight years ago, and so um, it got ripped off. And I ended up having to file an insurance claim and all that shit. And then I ended up buying a Browning uh, A5. Yeah, and it's it's all right, but it doesn't shoot like my that. Super black. I want. That's what I want to get. I want to sell my BPS or my that A five and buy a super black eagle because that was. I mean, that gun you could literally dump it in the in a rice pit in a rice field. You know, pick it up, shoot it. I I don't think I ever really cleaned that gun really thoroughly, and it, it never jammed. Oh really? Yeah, and I'd blow. You'd blow through on, the, on like a sixty mile an hour southwind out in a rice check, man, when it's just howling and you're sitting there and the birds are just coming one after the other and you're shooting having to lead them like six or seven feet, you know, to hit them. Uh yeah. you can go through like a good amount of rounds in one one day and so I blow through rounds in that shotgun, but I don't know, I like a pump too, because the pump so you take it seems like you take a little more time to sh- you know, actually shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, by the time I get to my third shell, I'm, I might as well just keep it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the problem with me is I'll shoot at one bird three times and bam, bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Hell yeah, dude. So, so you get out, you get out waterfowl hunting quite a bit too, huh? I dude, I used to be like a fanatic about that. I leased a, uh, <coughs> I leased a blind 
outside of Willows on the west side of five. Then I leased a blind over off of Wickman Road. And then the last blind that I leased, we leased it for a few years, was over off of uh, Nelson Shippey in Richvale. And that was a really good blind until the Richvale area kind of took a shit the last, like, I don't know, five years, I guess. It's yeah. gotten worse. But, uh, but yeah, and then I did the refuge thing, you know, for a while, which was fun. You know, but that's kind of like the same thing with the refuge hunting, man. It's like people, like, I don't, I, I just, they get, they must get bad information or they don't take the time to really do research or reach out to somebody because see fucking people shooting uh, swans out there, know. you know, setting up right on top of you right before daylight. And it's like, you know, they think it's okay to set up 70 yards from you. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know, yeah. but you know, when you when you draw a when you draw like a number three resi at Little Dry Creek on a Saturday, and you don't pound limits, you know, as a legendary refuge like that that used to be one of the like that was the best refuge in the state. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of you know it gets kind of aggravating. Yeah, people skyscraping and shit. Yeah, I know. Story you probably life. know because you duck kind of a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. The last couple of years, I didn't that much just because i we had our third kid and she was a handful she didn't sleep much and then my dog yeah hey, that'll, that'll do it yeah and then my dog had acl surgery and then got cancer and she passed away last year so like oh man the last couple of years i just i mean I, I went a little bit more last season but um yeah so pretty much the last couple of years of duck hunting i hadn't gone a whole lot but yeah, we've, we've figured out a couple of local places around here that we shoot a good amount of greenheads and wood ducks and stuff, but it's not, like, over there, you know. I mean, I've had some of my best hunts over in the valley just where we just pounded birds, but, yeah, you know, it seems like, I mean, but then again, I don't, I don't duck hunt as much as I used to. At that time, you know, I wasn't really working a lot, and I was over there, had a trailer over there. I was literally over there almost every week, so there was a, you know, a storm. If it was a storm, we, storm day, I was for sure over there. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah. With my last job. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, with my last last job, I used to go like before work and like <laughs> just be like, oh, I'll just show up late. You know, like I didn't give it. I didn't really care about that employer too much, and I had some leeway, so I was able to just go before work or whatever. Where are you located at? Down in the valley, or uh, I'm in Lincoln, so I'm like, yeah, in the valley, like at the base of the foothills, right there. Yeah, that's right by Sac. Yeah, like just north of Roseville. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not far from the refuges. Then you're in it within an hour, right, or so. Yeah. Yeah. Hour, pretty much, to most of them. Hour and twenty. Yeah, minutes. it's about for me about three hours. Okay. It's yeah. a little jaunt. Especially getting out to work at five o'clock and you're racing, <laughs> doing you know eighty-five and a forty-five, trying to get over before you know the they stop the lotto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll st- yeah, yeah, I know, dude. The, yeah, the refuges are like you said, they're kind of a, a mess. But I don't know. I still go. Like I, I still take the trailer up to Gray Lodge or whatever, and or any of those spots. Like usually, I'll just park at Gray Lodge and then go run around and get numbers on you know, for lottery or whatever and stay the night and whichever number was the best, we'll just go there in the morning and we just try to like have fun with it. 
and ignore all the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, that's the thing is, like, usually when the duck hunting gets good, the steelhead fishing gets good. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, my buddies give me shit. They're like, oh, Blake's not hunting this year. He gave up already because he's fishing. Like, I mean, you know, that's just kind of, you know, I'll be in my drift boat hammering fish, and my buddies will be sending me pictures of limits, and I'm like, well, I guess you get give one up for the other kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I know. I, this year I've been thinking thinking about doing, well, like if I don't have my bear tag filled, I'm going to focus on bear until the end of the year. So that'll eat up into duck season if, if I haven't filled the tag. And then um, I want to, I've never, I still haven't pig hunted yet. So I want to start diving into that like in January or February or something. What's that, pig hunting? Yeah, I just, I haven't done it yet. So I'm like, I don't know. I was thinking about kind of messing around with that so i don't know how much i'll even waterfowl hunt this season maybe me you and mokul can get together i call him the little mokul <laughs> dude, dude andy's cool yeah, dude. yeah andy. i really yeah, like yeah. Andy. And he's a hey you know what if anybody's listening and you're having a bad day just shoot him a message on instagram and he will make you smile <laughs> dude he's so funny dude <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's such a I don't know. He's cool, man. He's a unique dude. He's like he's just a real, a real like genuine person. You know, he just a, he's a cool dude. He's been he's been real yeah. cool, cool to me. Yeah, no, him and I uh, we had met and we actually surprised we hadn't met before that in other in a other area. But him and I kind of have the last like uh, fifteen years of life were very similar, and and him and I share a lot in common. And, regards to the not hunting and fishing but uh um him and i just kind of kicked it off and he's been a you know a good buddy of mine it's, it's, that guy is hilarious yeah <laughs> <laughs> well he's not too far from you either huh no he's right he's down he's south about probably 50 minutes or so yeah that's cool yeah hell yeah so. man yeah i went down there um i was trying to do all my like in the beginning I still want to do, start doing more like podcasts in person, but like that was the f- yeah that was the first one I did. I I was like, dude, I'm just gonna call Andy and see because I've been following him for years, you know. So I was like, I was like, dude, I'm gonna start a podcast, man. Like, like why don't I interview you? And he's like, dude, anytime, man. He was like, just super cool about it, dude. He, and so I I ended up going down there for breakfast, and he cooked me breakfast on his birch barrel. So I was like, nice. Yeah, yeah he he hunts up here where I live up kind of by like literally five minutes from where i live okay guess he pig hunts up here yeah nice so you probably go to west coast archery and stuff too then huh uh yeah they when they i was going to a place called back when i was younger and then west coast kind of opened up and then but then before even before west coast uh because i live closer to ukiah um, Pacific Outfitters had a really good archery guy for like five years and then he ended up leaving. I don't know where the hell he went. So I don't go up there anymore. Now I go, yeah, I go down to West coast now. So, okay. And that they do it. They do a really good job. You know, they're very helpful and Han's really nice guys. So, yeah, I've heard nothing but like really good things about them. I, I haven't been in there, but I ordered, I ordered my daughter a bow from them and the, they sent it out. They they just shipped it like really quickly. They they cut all the arrows and got her bow all set up for her. So it's cool. Yeah, I was going to restring my bow this year, but I just didn't want. I just 
it hasn't been, I think it's probably been four years since I strung it, and they say to restring it every two years. Okay. But it seemed that, Seem to work out opening day pretty well. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was—I finally was shooting good groups, and I'm like, I'm not going to change this. This, 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 this. I, and I did that the three, three or four years ago. I got it restrung. I got my sights changed, up my peep sight elevated on it, like heightened and stuff. And and then opening day, we ended up. I was in a Spot, we spotted two really nice bucks and I ended up stalking them. I got within like 50 yards and I ended up shooting and I just totally, it just, you know, it was the last minute rush shot. And then prior to that, I had only been shooting with my new setup for like a week, which to me isn't enough time to readjust everything. So, yeah, you know, last minute adjustments on a bow isn't really something that I would encourage people to do. So, yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> like, uh, it is how it is how it is until the season's over, and then I'll mess with it again. I don't want to be panicking yeah. at the last minute, right? But, so what do you what, what are you shooting? Um, out of curiosity, I dude, I shoot. So when I was probably, I've had my bow probably for shit, maybe f- almost fifteen years, maybe twelve years. I got a Hoyt Alpha Max. It was like the top dog bow. So there was the Hoyt Alpha Max, there was the Bowtech Monster, uh-huh. and then there was a PSE bow. I shot the R, the AR. The back back then they had archery research. AR was a good bow. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. And then Bowtech, and I shot all the top elite bows at the time. So I ended up buying the one that I got, and I was going to upgrade. And I went down to the bow shop, and they're like, "Dude, like you have a top." a top dog bow that's still really good. I mean, there's not much difference between the bow that you're shooting now and the new ones. Maybe the weight is there maybe a little lighter, but uh-huh. the let off still the same. The valley still the same, the, you know, so I didn't end up upgrading them. I'm going to end up keeping that bow. It shoots pretty good, but, uh, yeah, yeah, just, a it's, it's the Hoyt Alpha Max and I shoot the Eastern bloodline arrows. I've been shooting those for like eight years now old school muzzy three blade broadheads okay right on and i i've shot in the the um g5 montex that's those are probably my favorite that they're shit they're kind of i mean they're kind of expensive they're like what 40 something box bucks for a box of three or i could pay 33 bucks for a box of a pack of six for the muzzy uh-huh are those g5s have have they seemed Th- those have been like, are they pretty sharp? I, I don't know. I've heard like a couple of people. I don't know. I had those last year, I think. I don't know if it was the Montex. I, they they just didn't seem that. I shot sharp. my first pig with the with my bow, not this bow, but my first bow with a Parker. This was back when I was like fourteen, thirteen years old. I shot my first archery pig, and it was with a bow that was like a maybe like forty five, fifty pounds Parker, and. Um, so I was a little guy and I shot it with a G five man. And that, that pig literally did two spins, went to run 10, like maybe made it 10 yards and dropped and was just bled out with the G five. I mean, Oh really? I, that, yeah, that broadhead was really sharp. Okay. And I've shot in deer with them, you know, and then I kind of like what happened was, is I got, I try, I want to try shooting. I went from G fives to rage and I bought a pack of them and I started, you know, 
practicing with them. And then I realized, like, I didn't like the fact that a couple times when I pulled them out of my quiver, they expand, like they fell apart, like they opened up. Oh, yeah. And so I, so my friend of mine was like, yo, I got like 12 muzzies. I'll trade you for those four or five rages that I had. And I'm like, oh, done deal. So then I started shooting the muzzy, you know, it's got a chisel tip on it. Just the old school. They've been around for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And they, I've, I've heard of some, some people have told me that they've had issues with like the broadhead, the blade breaking off. Um, but when I hit that deer, I shot that deer. It went through the, uh, the ribs and just, I mean, just like looked like somebody, you know, took their fist and punched the section of the ribs out. I mean, it just blew right through the ribs. Yeah, it looked like a big, and then, uh, big hole. Yeah, and then, you know, when I picked, like, I'm looking at the blade right now, and you can kind of see where, I guess you could see where the razor was kind of warped a little bit. Uh-huh. That's probably going right through the bone. The chisel tip looks like it, nothing, it, it didn't even hit anything. I mean, it's still, probably shoot that again, to be honest with you. <laughs> you can just Crazy. Because you can just change out the blades on it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the cool thing about these is like you can take literally the same um, the sh- the actual shaft of the broadhead, pull the blades out, either exchange the blades with new brand new blades or put a new chisel tip on. Um, and usually the packs will come with like two extra sets of blades for for those uh, the broadhead shafts. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, I think, I think that's what my uncle's shooting in Oregon. I think he just started shooting those this year. So, but yeah, a lot of the old school guys. That's what they. I mean, you know, I got turned on to it. My buddy, he's kind of old school. He's been bowing a long time, and that's kind of like what he's been shooting. He's shot him in Africa and whatnot, and he hasn't changed over to anything else. So yeah, yeah. I ended up getting switching to the Severs this season. They they like when you you put them in test mode and they they they're flying really straight. So I'm impressed with that. I haven't I haven't shot an animal with them yet, but they fly good. I've heard nothing yeah but, nothing but good things about them. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I like the idea of being able to just stick with a fixed broadhead though, and you know because some states mechanicals are that's just you know they like the it's there's so like there's. There's so much stuff on the market now, but like in my opinion, for me, it's I, I'm not going to go away from a fixed blade to an expandable because the one I wouldn't want to fail, and two, I don't like the idea like when I pull those rages out, they kind of fell apart. Yeah, and I don't want to have to fiddle fuck with those when I got a deer or an animal at 30, 40 yards where I just supposed to knock the arrow and pull back and go, where I got to put it back together because <clears throat> I, uh, I actually used to my first bow didn't have a drop away it ha- and it, I ended up getting a whisker biscuit for it. But before that it had just the two prong rest and the biggest buck I ever pulled back on is a giant four pointer. I pulled, pulled back on him and my arrow fell off the rest and it's just hanging there. And I'm trying to like move my bow real fast to get it back up, you know, yeah. and the deer ends up looking at me and, by the time I do that, the deer already kind of bounced off to like 70 yards and sat there and stared at me, and I didn't throw the arrow, obviously. And then he just slowly walked away. Um, yeah. Just trial and error, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't want to get too carried away with, like, tinkering with too many different things and just wasting money, but <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like, I got a buddy that does that, man. He he buys so much shit. I mean, his, his thing is he buys it and he'll resell it for a little less value, but I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know how the hell. He's always buying something or selling something, but he, like, he's bought, in, I think, four frame packs, four or five frame packs. Man. Um, <laughs> I know, like, I, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, I mean, I like nice gear, but I don't, maybe it's because I'm, probably because I'm married and I have kids and stuff, so, I, like, I know that, like, I don't have just a shit ton of money just to waste on whatever I feel like. So, like, when I buy, like, a pack or something, like, in my head, I'm going to use at least that frame for as long as it lasts. And I want to be able to put on whatever size pack on it I need to <laughs> or whatever, you know. Like, I don't know. I I, I try to have, like, the, the long longevity, like, term in mind or whatever. Like, I want shit to last. I want nice stuff, but I don't want to buy new shit every year. Right. <laughs> I don't have that well, kind of money. I got a lot of yeah, and I got a lot of old school stuff that I that I like my fishing stuff. Like I got some old school rods that I still use, and they got all kinds. And I got new stuff too. I got I got all kinds of that kind of stuff. But I I like to use stuff that works still that worked for me. You know, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, I still use still do the same things, and it's just it still still works. Yep. Hell yeah. Well, shit. Anyways. Is there anything else you want to you want to cover? Or? I don't know. Whatever you got, anything else? I don't. I don't really have too much of anything else. I don't think so. I mean, we could go on forever, but the batteries in this thing won't last too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear it's you. Like, I know it's always um, like this thing. I'm like, dude, I could talk about hunting for. I don't know. There's so much to learn for me. Like I. I learned a ton from from people like you, so like, I appreciate you coming on and and yeah, like I get I get a lot out of it, and I know a lot of people that listen do, and it's just it's it's cool to it's it's just cool to it's it's like a cool community that's going on. Like everybody everybody's like super helpful and like um just a ton of information to learn from people like you like yourself, and uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, if anybody has any questions, they can hit me up. I, mean, I enjoy giving back. That's why, you know, I do. I work in the field that I work in, you know, um, and not just at work, but I also enjoy doing it with the outdoors because there was somebody there before me that was willing to help me out. Yeah. Right? So I feel like it's it's kind of mandatory for me to be able to pass something on that was given to me by some guy who didn't have any reason to get to, to, to teach me and show me and to allow me to come out and enjoy their family ranch, you know, and those kinds of things. So, yeah. you know, cause I would, I would hope that if I needed help with something that somebody might take the time to be able to help me and which a lot of guys, a lot of guys have really, you know, done that for me. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, and granted, they've given me some knickknacks and stuff, enough information where they're like, okay, here's what you're going to need to do. You're going to have to figure out kind of the rest on your own kind of thing, which is kind of like, you know, a push in the right direction, which is better than either blowing smoke up somebody's ass or not telling them at all, you know, which, I mean, yeah, 
you know, and I, I understand some people, they don't want to help new people because they, they feel threatened like the guy's going to go in their area or something. I mean, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of so. all part of that, like, you know, giving, giving new guys, like, like a positive um, experience, first experience or whatever, like, even if you don't want to give them your spot, like, it's it's cool for people to at least, like, give people, like, pointers, you know. You want them to, to do the legwork themselves and learn themselves, and you don't want to give up your honey holes and stuff, but I think it's important that, that you know, as whatever experienced hunters out there, um, just think about that when they're, when they're, when they're meeting, I mean, when they're I've meeting met new some hunters. of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've met some of my best friends through hunting and fishing, you know, um, there's a group of us that talk shit to each other every day. There's a couple of groups that I'm a part of that talk shit to each other every day, just, you know, back and forth, just, you know, bullshitting and all that good stuff. But, you know, and I've met most of them through hunting and fishing with friends where they'll be brought, you know, and, or, you know, um, or some, even some, somebody that asked me, Hey, can you take so-and-so hunting? He really wants to go or fishing and I have taken them and we just click and hit it off, you know, and, and build a great relationship, you know? Yeah. Um, hell yeah, man. So, right other than on, that, dude. man, I, uh, I don't know what else that's about. That's probably about it. Yeah, man. I really do appreciate you coming on and, um, We'll have to do it again, again soon, like maybe after this season or something, and we'll touch base, and maybe we'll even we'll see how see how waterfowl season goes if you start getting into it, or if, if I do as well, or whatever. We'll just start. Uh, we'll talk about talk about duck hunting or or whatever. Whatever. We'll have to maybe get together, like you said, for a pig hunt or something, and then we'll do a podcast about that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Like I, you know, after this deer season, I'll be swinging the duck hunt. I'm hoping to do some more. I got a, I got a lab, so yeah, try to get that. him out. You know, it's it's kind of like you know made a lot more uh, meaningful. But then I like to be in my drift boat. So, but yeah, no, that's, uh, we can do something then for sure. Hell yeah, man! All right, dude. Well, thanks, thanks, Blake, for coming on, and uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be talking soon. Absolutely, thank you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.